The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented, I usually say proudly, disappointingly, <laughs> by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. Begrudgingly. Yeah, begrudgingly is perfect. And brought to you by Mortgage CS. Become a Mortgage CS Ricky VIP at mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. Briggs Auction, the official auction of the Ricky. BriggsAuction.com. And of course, Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe. StatesideVodka.com. On the show today, James Harden says, Daryl Morey is a big fucking liar. He says it out loud in front of all of China and the world. <laughs> We're, had not planned on doing a pod tonight, but we simply have no choice. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, though, they do give you a choice. So many different flavors. They've announced two new flavors of the vodka sodas in two weeks. There was watermelon last week, or two weeks ago. And then this past weekend, I got the email that there's peach vodka soda. <laughs> I don't know. They're good. They taste good. Mm. And Surfside is, you know, arguably the best canned beverage to hit the market, alcoholic beverage in hundreds of years. The Surfside iced tea and vodka, only 100 calories, only three grams of sugar, no carbonation because iced tea is not carbonated. Go to statesidevodka.com. You got to be 21, though, to drink it. Uh, I can't believe it. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Larry, sweetie, the man is here. We will write y'all. <laughs> Welcome, to the, <laughs> Welcome to the Rice <laughs> Welcome to the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm just my guest again, along with a guy who is unmoved by James's comments. That is one, Mike Levin. The theme song is just taunting us at this point. <laughs> I did. I hadn't quite realized that when Amos did it, it would be spoken at us yeah. so clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's one of those things where I have to actively ignore it. So it doesn't feel as ridiculous as it sounds to everybody else. Well, wow. right about what they say, right about what? Well, so I was at work early this morning and we were doing a, a broadcast from the the training camp of the New York Giants, the Quest Diagnostic Center. And I think it was probably 7.15 or so, maybe 7.30. And Chris Lopresti, who I work with at WFAN, shows me his phone and there's a video of Daryl Morey, and, or not Daryl Morey, of James Harden. And this 
is the video that I see. Colonel Mori is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that hates Portland. Let me say that again. Daryl Mori is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that hates Portland. Okay, so I see this video, and I am sure that it is a deep fake. It looked impossible that it was real. Even Harden was moving around like a uh, an NPC a little bit, like sort of mm-hmm. swaying from one side to the other. Sure. And I'm like, can't be real. Deep fake. But then there's another angle. And Shams posts this angle. Uh-oh, another angle. Are there deep fakes for more than one angle? Go ahead, CJ. Uh, Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Well, so there you go. So I saw a video. I couldn't find it again with somebody who asked the question. The question was something to the effect of um, how good do you think your team is or, or something. I, 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 the English was sort of broken on it. This is so pathetic that we're here. It's such a pathetic time. <laughs> the video is so bad that he's doing this so badly and I can't believe he's on the team and I can't believe he opted in. And There's I can't a lot of, be- lot of layers. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I'm, I'm drifting. Save me, please. A lot of layers of what's going on here. I, mm-hmm. It's hard to remove the location of where James Harden said this A basketball camp in China. You mean from yes, from yeah. the equation here. <laughs> yeah. When Daryl became, a national story a number of years ago prior to his time with the Sixers when he tweeted free Hong Kong, very innocuous statement that got him in a large amount of trouble and nearly fired in a pretty upsetting display of what the values of this league are. Harden goes there and then to like applause says this to people very odd on that level. I'm not smart enough to say anything more than that, aside from it's very strange uh, that that would happen. And I guess people really like, really like money very much. Um, the Sixers side of things, there's just, it's very emotional. This person that is like not seen as, very emotive on the court, not personable, really off of it, kind of enigmatic. Like he's making such emotional choices with his career at the near end of his career, regardless of whether or not you think James Harden is still good or a star level player or whatever. Like he's 33. He's going to be 34. If he didn't, if he didn't just turn 34, he's two months older than me. So he's turning 34 soon. And he's against the advice of his agent per Jason Dumas, like making this statement on camera. Can I tell you, I don't believe it's against the advice of his agent. 
Well, good for his agent for at least leaking that <laughs> because yeah. somebody should have been advising him against that. He, it's just all very emotional. Like, buddy, you opted into the contract whether there was, you know, okay, what was Daryl lying about? Okay, yeah. The, okay, so there's two options of what Daryl could have been lying about, we think. Yeah. Option number one, that James Harden was going to get a big fat contract from the Sixers. Option number two, that Daryl Morey said he would trade him if he opted into the contract. Yeah. Option two is very easily to say like, yeah, I'll absolutely try to trade you, which I'm sure he is, but there isn't a trade market there that was worthwhile, worth doing for the Sixers. That's an and, obvious one. If that's the case, like, hey man, we're not just going to trade you for shit. He just talked about it in regards to Dame a month ago in a weird interview where he said he gets it. You can't, he gets both sides of it. You can't give him away for nothing. It has to be fair for, for both sides. That's a trade. And if this is what's bothering you, first of all, yes, I do agree. What he, what Daryl probably said was, we will make our best efforts to trade you. But if you only select one team that you want to go to, yeah, and publicly, yeah, you publicly let's forget let's forget if you had a, a quiet conversation with Daryl and you said, how are you going to get me to the Clippers? And I can tell you the first thing that Daryl Morey would not say to, to James Harden would be tell everybody you would only go to one team. So there's yeah. absolutely whatever trade market for you is completely obliterated by it. And every time we'll get to option two in a second, but every time that he pushes this further, it just makes it like worse because if you're the Clippers you're like, ah, I'm just going to let James do my work for me. Like I'll let James do negotiating that. We don't have to give anything for him. So if, if James really wanted to get traded to the Clippers, the best thing that he could have done would have been to at least give the illusion like Anthony Davis did when he was on the Pelicans, that he would have gone somewhere different than the destination that he chose. And he's not doing that, which is making it difficult for the Sixers to trade him. Also when Anthony Davis was doing this, he was what, 26, 27? Yes. Something around that range. Harden is 33, 34. Yeah. Uh, after a number of playoff disappointments and on an expiring contract. Um, and it's not just, oh, where does he want to play? Maybe he'll play with it. If you're a team that's acquiring Harden on an expiring contract and trading real stuff for him, you are less likely to trade real stuff for him if he is very loudly and vocally trying to only go to one place. Yes. Because you're not necessarily believing that there's a possibility that he would want to stay in Chicago, Toronto, Dallas, pick a place who gives a shit. It's he just wants out and he's not thinking about it on much other much like sophisticated, more sophisticated terms. He just wants out and he's like throwing what, what is very clearly a tantrum. Like he's very upset and emotionally just making this happen. The other thing is the, the other option you mentioned was Daryl said when Harden took a pay cut so the Sixers could sign PJ Tucker and Daniel House that they will reward him for that and give him max money in years when he can. I don't believe that that was the case. I'm sure it was like, we'll take care. We'd love for you to retire Sixer. Obviously, Daryl... No one has a bigger like lifetime boner for James Harden than Daryl Morey. So like I'm sure if it worked, if it could work out, Daryl would do it. He loves the guy. Pablo Torre on on his show made made the point like James Harden lost the biggest apologist, the biggest Harden apologist 
on the planet in Daryl Morey. Daryl like took out a full page ad in the paper to say that James Harden changed his life. Like he loves the guy. You saw the hug when Harden arrived in Philadelphia. He loves the guy. And the first time where he goes like, hey, I'm not going to give you all the money in years or there was some, I think people are saying either he made the the handshake agreement, which the NBA f- didn't in the tampering investigation didn't find that he did. They, they find they, they penalized the Sixers for tampering because of communicating with fucking PJ Tucker and Dan house before free agency started, which is ridiculous. But I think people go like, it's a binary thing. Either he made the promise or he didn't. And that's just like not how humanity works. Like Harden could have gotten one impression out of it from Daryl and Daryl could have said, I didn't make that specifically clear. This is, there is a probably it's probably a middle ground between the two of them where it was like, I'll probably give, I'll probably like make it worth your while. But also like it was not a guarantee because as anyone who watched the Sixers in the last two games of the season and the rest of Harden's playoff career, he does not deserve in any way a maximum year's maximum contract from the Sixers for his age 34 and beyond season. And that's why there's no trade market for this guy. If if they were to trade him for just expiring contracts and a protected first round pick, I'm sure they could get something, but they're trying not to do that. So the thing is, is that if they did, and I do believe that what I, I, my guess is, is Harden is specifically talking about the trade thing, but has a bug up his ass because of the money thing. Like when he's saying a liar, I think he's talking about the trade thing bug up the ass money thing, especially because the Houston thing fell apart because Ime Odoka didn't want any part of him. Yeah. So on and so forth. To your point earlier, if there had been any evidence whatsoever that they had had some sort of secret deal, I can assure you that the NBA would have done something about it. They weren't able to find it. Doesn't mean that some sort of conversation didn't happen. Of yeah. course. The Joe but, Smith yes. situation. Yeah. The, the other thing being... You, sorry, the... What? As far as the money thing, specify what you mean, because John Clark reported that there was never an offer or an agreement or proposals right. exchanged this so, agency between the Sixers and Harden. So here's here's the next part of that. The first thing is, or right before we get to that, and I've said this before, but if James Harden believed that he was secure in a contract yes, with the Philadelphia it. 76ers, Scream it. then he and his, his rookie agent wouldn't have been leaking for the entirety of the Sixer season. As of December. On Christmas. They were playing a Christmas day and they leaked to Adrian Wojnarowski, we might go back to Houston. And then he leaked to Sam Amick a hundred times, might go back to Houston. Woj, Sam, Woj, Sam, Woj, Sam, might go back to Houston, really love Houston. Tillman Fertitta said he loved me. Tillman Fertitta said he loved me. That is not how you operate if you think you have a contract with somebody. Okay, so. And then he didn't get that and he's just flipping out because of it. He is short-circuiting because he thinks that he has, he deserves and his production has, indicates that he deserves like top 10, 15 player in the league level money. So, and he believes it so much and he doesn't think he needs to do anything different in every situation he's ever been in. He doesn't think he takes no ownership of any of it ever. He, and when he does like 
actually do a little bit of stuff different, when he starts shooting a little bit off the catch, the idea of him catching the ball and shooting it in one motion is such a sacrifice for him. He has to tell everyone all the time how big of a sacrifice it is that he would do that. It is ridiculous. He is not being a grown up here. <laughs> Daryl is not doing well either. <laughs> like Daryl c- came into this and said, like, I think what Daryl wanted for this offseason, forget everything else before that. Daryl, this offseason, I believe, wanted James Harden to opt in and so that he could here. and stay with the Sixers. Yes. And and by the way, I believe he would still even after all of this, take him on the Sixers. Absolutely, he would. That's very clearly what, what he wants to happen. Maybe that's because he doesn't see any other better option out there. But you just... How, how do you know a guy for 10 years like this and think that not communicating with him, not corresponding with it, the perception of the sacrifice that he made... And the idea of Houston paying him and then that evaporating. How do you think, do you think he's just going to like tuck his tail between his legs and be a professional? He's asked out of every other place he's been. And not because it's not like he's Jimmy Butler where he's just like playing so hard and doesn't think other guys are doing it. He just like looks around at the culture and goes, not catering to me enough. Again, over and over again. It's just so weird. Like, I don't blame Daryl for, for even if even if the Halliburton was offer was on the table, which people dispute, even if there was a, a, a similar Halliburton-Harden trade, I, I would have done Halliburton because I like the window being longer. But I, I understand trading for James Harden for Ben Simmons and, and a couple of picks and, and, and crap. Like, that's fine. But the idea that, like, we're still running it back and going to the well after a couple of years of, of folding and uh, l- a true lack of fortitude of the main guys on this team and thinking that, yeah, no, for sure. The, the percentage chance of the Sixers winning a championship is our God. And we bow to the God of the percentage chance of winning it. And we just care nothing about, whether the fact that this guy's going to want to fucking play here or play hard and what the, what that says to the rest of the roster, Daryl is absolutely not blameless in this. No, this situation is, is mostly James, but Daryl owns it also. Okay. So I wanted to talk about you. You brought up the John Clark tweet, which I can explain. I, I will explain it right after we talk about mortgage CS. You see all this dishonesty and fighting in between the Sixers and James Harden? You will find no dishonesty in fighting with Mortgage CS. You're only going to find honesty and whatever the opposite of fighting is. Peace. No fighting. Mortgage CS is an independent mortgage broker who is there to help you. They've helped so many Ricky listeners and everyone is fucking thrilled. Like the service that you get from Mortgage CS, they are so committed to you. They're so committed to making sure that you understand everything, that you feel good, that you're confident and that you're getting the best rate. You see a lot of mortgage brokers, they have deals with banks. So they might be leading you toward one bank and maybe it benefits them a little bit more than you. Mortgage CS only cares about you. They're independent. They're good people. They're on it. They're going to be ready for you whenever you need them. Here is the CEO's cell phone number, Ben. You can call or text him right now. Ask him about the James Harden situation if you're watching on YouTube right now. 
text Ben, ask him about the James Harden situation. 267-391-7425. That is 267-391-7425. Or go to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. That is mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. They made an amazing microsite. You can go on there, learn about Mortgage CS, learn what they're all about, and then set up a consultation. They are the best. Again, Ben's cell, 267-391-7425 or mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. This advertisement is not a commitment to lend or extend credit. Mortgage CS is an equal housing opportunity mortgage broker. All loans are subject to credit approval. Certain restrictions may apply. Company NMLS 1464-766. Visit mortgagecs.com slash Ricky for more information. Okay. CJ, I sent you a video on, I DM'd you a video. Did you see the spike, a recent Harden clip from him entering an arena? No. In what I believe is still China? Is this the when he's on like a scooter or something? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so did you pull it up? Yeah, play it. I just oh, yeah, here we go. It's a little motorcycle or a scooter. It's definitely a scooter. <laughs> it would have been, look. You know, this motherfucker should just stay in China. They fucking love him there. Make It'd be really funny dollars out if, there. if he just like fell. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been funny if he just fell and like hurt his elbow or something. The helmet. Just fucking stay in China, bro. Well, the thing is, if like people are tweeting the, you know, Bobby Marks is out here with contract language, tweeting what it means if he's not, fa- he's failing to show up from work and there's all he's the- He's going to come to work. He's th- that, that clause that everyone is bringing up, the 30-day clause, if they don't show up to work, yeah. it does not account for if you show up and you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, there's no asshole, yeah. asshole clause in so, there. So what John Clark meant was, so the Sixers were- because of what happened in the previous year, at least as they tell it, because of what happened in the previous year, getting in trouble for having conversations with free agents too early, which was, you know, as making James happy, they, Harden's camp got frustrated and his rookie agent got frustrated because the Sixers would not have conversations with James before July 1st at midnight. Right, which was funny. Yes. The idea of the Sixers simply putting their hands under their butt yep. and sitting on them. And saying, we can't. They simply can't. Don't, even, don't call this number. So they, as it is told, did not even, were not even able to make an offer to James Harden. And Harden opted in and asked for a trade, and that was that. I just think that what's the word I'm looking for? If you are looking for the best and most effective way to get to your destination, there might be some places and some people where this would be the best option. I just don't think Maury is the right guy to do this to, if I'm being honest. I think, Harden. but yeah, I like, I, if I'm Harden, Maury's like, he's not going to break. <laughs> like I really don't. Think- don't. No, he, I do not believe that he will just trade him for like pieces. I don't think so because, because the, I guess the math would be that you would rather just have fucking Harden not play at all and then just be off the hook for the contract at the end of the year. And by the way, um, if Harden decided, decided not to play, then that, that clause would come into effect and any team that would want to sign James Harden would have to get permission from the Sixers to do it. I just don't think he's going to break, man. I think James he might Harden, not. Yeah, I don't think he's going to break. 
because they are in a very precarious position as far as the the team goes and assets go and so on. I don't think he's going to break, man. I don't well, think he he's going to break. They, they were prepared to let him walk for nothing. If Obviously. He, if he had not opted into this contract. He opts into his last year and then makes demands and is now throwing an absolute fit because he didn't get what he wanted. Like, it's... Im- the Harden is just more to blame in the sketch. They're both... It's everybody bad, but it's just like, dude... Leaking things as of December, saying you're going to go somewhere else. That not materializing. You throwing a fit and opting into your 30, what is it? $6 million contract. And then saying immediately trade me right now. And if you don't do it, I'm going to lose it publicly over and over again. To one specific team. To one specific team. That's like, and I'm going to then go to China and tell a bunch of kids <laughs> that I'll never play for you. I will, I will do a fucking wrestling promo to these kids <laughs> who probably don't speak the language I'm saying it in and fucking put you on blast. It is, it is truly insane. He is one day going to make the Hall of Fame and that'll be fun to relive all of the drama that we're going through. But right now it's just, I don't know. I don't know what the Sixers go from here. They really want to still be a contender this season. If they don't trade Harden and he sits on the bench all year the way or sits off the team or whatever the fuck the way Ben did, then they're not going to be a contender. Um, if they trade him for Covington and Batum and Marcus Morris and like one pick, they're not going to be a, contender. they're not going to be a contender. I don't think that Harden being vocally ornery and grumpy makes a, the Sixers more likely to give him exactly what he wants for an, a, a, you know, D plus return. Or even if they're, are other teams he would want to go to or be okay going to, which if there are other teams he would go to, I would love for his agent or Sam Amick or whoever the fuck anybody's talking to, to leak a few other team names right now. James Harden could just say it to China. Just say it. Name some other teams, name some cities. Yeah. If you did that, but he's not doing it. And so the idea that like Chicago or Toronto or Charlotte or wherever the fuck would just say like, let's roll the dice and trade a bunch of stuff that would a make Daryl happy and still leave us with a reasonable contending team. Us being whoever trades for him that, that would be interested in Harden for one year and then potentially having his bird rights to, to sign him. As I said on the last podcast, like if Harden doesn't go to a team that he wants to then resign with, he's not going to get the kind of money on in actual free agency that he believes he deserves. No, and by the way, the, the the deal that I that I kept mentioning before the free agency happened that uh, that I thought Harden would sign that three years, hundred million dollars. Like I bet he could have gotten that from the Sixers if he wasn't such a fucking this fucking video. Can we 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 got a couple of. There's a lot of voicemails today, but we got a couple of Daryl focused ones. Can I just present them to you? And because you, I, I agree with you, I lean more toward it being Harden's fault in this, but I think the case could be made that 
Daryl is more responsible. Um, Eight three three Lickface is the number. Hey guys, this is Patrick from Atlanta. Uh, so I've been thinking about calling about this for a while, but I think it's definitely worth saying now with all the hardened shit that's going on. Um, we do need to constantly remind ourselves, I think, that every time Harden pulls this shit, anything that we were resp- we were upset about during the season, the choking in the playoffs, the all that nonsense, this is Daryl's fault. I feel like oftentimes in our minds we think like, okay, yeah, but, you know, it's tough. He's got to deal with the Harden thing. He is the reason the Harden thing is happening. This is his fault. If there's anybody in the NBA that should have known better, it should have been him. And he made the same mistake, and now it's even worse than it was in Houston. He should have known better. You know, you don't get mad. You know, it's like Harden is Harden, right? This has always been who he is. It's just the way he operates. Daryl is the guy who's in the position, and he's supposed to know better. And he didn't. And so this is his fault. Whatever, whatever comes out of this, whatever disaster comes out of this, it is Daryl's fault. It's not Harden's fault. I mean, it is, but it's not that useful to think of it that way. It's Daryl's fault. Anyway, I don't really have a basketball question because fuck basketball. Non-basketball question. I'm a high school teacher. I don't know if you've gotten this question before, but if you could teach any subject as a teacher, which subject would it be and why? All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Just as an addition to what he said, there was a clip. There's a clip floating around that I don't know if you heard from Kevin McHale, who was involved with Harden when he was, I guess, was he an OKC coach at some point? Houston. Houston. But was he, he was saying we had him in OKC. Was he involved? Oh, in OKC? I don't know. Possibly. Whatever. He never coached them, but he no. might have been assistant. I don't he know. said, he essentially said that like, part of what he said, it's like a two and a half minute clip, but part of it was that Daryl enabled the behavior of Harden. And like, he was not always this way. And that, you know, soon you started seeing, oh, here's the guy that doesn't get back on defense. Here's the guy that like running on a fast break bails out of it. And that, there were never any like consequences because he always just did what he wanted, what he wanted, what he wanted, what he wanted. And this is like the natural conclusion to all that. So y- your response to what the caller said and, and that. Yeah. Well, in regards to that, like as a 20 something, he won MVP. He was one of the best offensive players of all time. Like hard to blame a guy for like hard to blame Daryl or Harden for at that time doing whatever it took to make him happy and have an environment where he could become the best offensive player all time. And if a couple coin flips go a different way in Houston, they would have at least gone to the finals, won a championship, maybe who knows. So didn't work out obviously, but hard to blame in retrospect, obviously later on in his career, you go like some, he should have gotten more serious at some point, but you you tend to know that like some guys are not serious people in that way. And Harden demonstrated that he's not a serious person. Now, Daryl trading for James at this point is a little bit like, hey, I brought my friend to your house. (laughs) And then like he took a shit in your fridge. And I'm so sorry about that. But he didn't take a shit in the fridge right away. He took a shit in the fridge two years later. And so Daryl's like, yeah, I mean, I brought him here. And he took a shit in the fridge. But you we all liked him for a little bit. I think there, there's like a um, statute of limitations on how long he could be blamed for bringing him here. Also, uh, the fridge looked exactly like a toilet and there's simply no way he could have known. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Daryl definitely 
putting once again, putting his reputation on the line for an, an aging James Harden. Like absolutely. This is on him hundred percent. Like he, he brought him here, but then also like it's on Harden for, for yeah, never there. maturing in a way that like makes anybody believe he's a guy that at this stage in his career could contribute to a real legitimate serious championship threat because he's just too much of a fucking annoying, emotional, like slow, occasionally like willfully out of shape. Like has a lot of sex. I don't think he does have sex <laughs> again. I doubled down on this. If he had more sex, he wouldn't be acting like this. hundred percent. He's like edging himself. I don't know what it is, but he's, he is fucking like, he's got a cool off. He's making 35, $6 million a year. He has all the money in the world. He's going to China and selling fucking billions of merch, whatever. Like everybody just cool off. It's, it's a bummer that this is just only happening to Sixers fans because Daryl's going to be fucking fine. Although I'm sure him and his family are sad that the relationship between a guy that knows his family that he does care about is now such so deteriorated and, and so bad. And so that's a bummer in that sense. But like for the sake, like Harden's gonna be fine. Dallas gonna be fine. It's just Sixers fans. Once again, look at the thing that look at the timeline of off season. Derek Bodner posted every fucking year, just off season of some of them not their fault, but just misery and cartoonish buffoonery and misfortune from a vengeful ancient god that really hates. Franklin, the fucking dog and me, <laughs> he does That's hate you. Yeah. What it all always feels like it is. It is wild. And now we're caught up in this emotional, like abusive relationship between employee and boss kind of, and, and, can I and be longtime a- friends. And they're just, we're just in the middle of it going like, fuck both of you. Yeah. Just, we have Embiid. We have Maxi. Maxi doesn't deserve any of this, by the way. I hope he, I hope someone turned off Maxi's internet. Nobody let him look at his phone. And B deserves a little of it. He deserves a little bit, absolutely. Yeah. But like you have those two guys, just get athletic guys who give a fuck around them and let's see what they can do with an actual coach that is willing to try something during the regular season that might benefit them in the playoffs. Can I'll say this as well. I, I do think that Maury is going to push this as far as he needs to yeah. to the brink. I do think, and especially now, I, if there's no way he's not pissed off, <laughs> like, like this is not something you want to wake up to on a, you know, on a fucking Monday. Um, I do, I do appreciate and respect the reason that he will push it as far as he can because, because he wants to win a championship because he wants to win a championship. He's not going to just, he's as, as much as like somewhat rational people want to go, just get him the fuck out of here, trade him for whatever. Like then we go, what? There's not, they're not good enough during the regular season. Yeah. I just don't think that at this point it having gone on for so long. And unlike Ben who had four years left on his deal and was 24, 25 or whatever, Harden is not that positive of an asset at this point. He's an expiring contract who wants to go to one place because he keeps saying the name of it. It's, 
it's it, there. I just have a really hard time. And, and that's why I keep going back to like other players on lesser teams, expiring contracts, like a DeMar DeRozan, like a Pascal Siakam, like those kinds of, I don't know who the fuck, what it's going to take, whatever. But if you can go, all right, well, we don't want to sign this guy for what he's worth. So we may as well flip him for somebody who at his peak is still like one of the best offensive players in the league. I wouldn't do it if I were them, obviously. And I think that they're unlikely to do it, obviously, because Harden is mouthing off to children in China about his boss. So, but like, what's the hope? What are we hoping for at this point? What's going on? How did we get here? How does it always come down on us? Why did I wake up with fucking <laughs> World, World War 18 in, and now it's a global conflict. I just want them to be fucking good. I just Harden want them to be like, good. I want Embiid to be fucking serious. I want Maxi to have a chance to be a distributing point guard in addition to all the stuff he's already good at. And I want to not be the slowest, least athletic team in the league. And if we have to go to the playoffs and go like, man, hopefully shots will fall or maybe another guy tweaks an ankle, even if they don't have the best odds going into the playoffs, maybe the fact that we just have like Joel Embiid, who is the MVP, Tyrese Maxey, who's a young player who tries his ass off and some untold number of professional athletes, which they haven't had because they've been shopping in the geriatric aisle, could show up and actually perform and do something of value that maybe allows them a chance to make a type run that the, that Miami made this year. I don't know, but I know that either none of this is my fault or all of it is. Yeah. Well, I would lean toward the latter. I mean, if it's one or the other, How do I, I, what? Oh, I, will, God. I will finish my thought after we talk about Briggs auction. B-R-I-G-G-S auction.com. I did say I was competing for a lot that I hadn't won in a while. The bad news is last week I did not get it again. I lost again. Now there is another Briggs auction up this week and there's another one next week and a week after that there's a discovery auction right now. What I'm going to say is that I have a bid on a similar item in this week's auction. I'm not going to tell you what section it's in but it is the same I would say topic as the previous one. I need to win. I love bidding on auctions at Briggs Auction. Look, this one going now, there are, let's see, 50 items in clothing and textiles, 150 items in collectibles, 135 items in decorative arts. Where's the art? 73 items in art. Two vehicles, BriggsAuction.com, B-R-I-G-G-S auction.com. It is a four-generation family-owned and operated auction house right there in Delco. Actually, CJ, you should look at the mirrors in the newest Briggs auction. The guy taking the pictures of himself. Oh, it looked like he wasn't wearing any clothes. He was wearing clothes. Sorry. Uh, or download the app in the App Store, Briggs Auction, or Google Play, Briggs Auction, and just play along, buddy. Once a week, check in on the auction. You're going to find stuff you're not going to find anywhere else from collectibles to furniture to clothing, BriggsAuction.com. And if you're downsizing, if you have an estate you'd like to auction off a bunch of stuff, send an email to info at BriggsAuction.com. Steve and Stephanie will take care of you. Briggs Auction, Briggs Auction. Point being about Daryl, BriggsAuction.com. Point being about Daryl, pushing this as far as possible for, I believe, the right reason. 
I just don't know how many more of these fucking things people have left in them, to be quite honest with you. Fans? Yeah. And to be clear, your point is right. If he makes the wrong trade or, you know, a trade for nothing or whatever, just to get rid of the guy and the team's not good enough, that probably loses the fans too. And yeah. you, you, but I'm just, I'm just trying to give context because like for the people who have spent the last decade doing this and we can all make jokes, you know, Derek Bodner can put the thing, Hey, we did with dealt with this, 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 everybody can make jokes. Oh my God, there it is again. Oh no, there's a book. Oh, there's another book. Oh, here's another crazy thing. Oh, this guy learned how to, sh- forgot how to shoot. Oh, that guy forgot how to shoot. Oh, that guy demanded out and refused to play. Oh, here's another one demanded out, refused to play. It's all very funny when you see it in a list and on a tweet or something it kind of sucks to live through it. And I just, it really sucks to have to go through this shit over and over and over again for people. And I I feel like doing the podcast gives us an advantage because we get to laugh a little, get our emotions out. You know, for most people, they're just spending their time watching this team. And then for the entire off season every year, the team, I not on purpose, just like tells them to go fuck themselves. This has been the worst off. We've dealt through, this is the 11th off season of the podcast. This is the worst one by far. Yeah, it's it the worst one. Nothing good has happened. Nothing. Zero. We had literally 72 hours of when we thought something good happened. It was when Harden opted no. in and demanded a trade. And we're like, okay, he's going to be gone. No, no, Trez opting out. That was the good one. Oh yeah. Trez opting out and Harden opting in. We're like, oh, here we go. And ne- both of them were fucking lies lies like like pulling the word charlie brown over and over and over and over it just fucking blows man it blows the sixers Sixers adam survey is not looking so good no no i mean like who in the organization would go like we've actually had a really nice offseason yeah if you think about it because daryl really felt like it it (sighs) my head hurts he opted in and really thought that that they could make this work here because the trade market did not reveal itself to be useful. And for anybody on the team in the front office who thought that Harden would happily come back to work is a massive, massive misread of how human beings act and feel generally. And a catastrophic institutionalizable misread of how James Harden acts and feels. There was no way that this was going to work out. It's unpleasant. Good players have left and been replaced with either scrap heap minimum guys or a guy that I don't think should be in the NBA in Philip Petrushev mm. and some two-way guys who I really do like Terquavion Smith, but they didn't even have a fucking draft pick. They couldn't even give me a goddamn draft pick this summer. And I helped leak the draft board and fucking buying a second round pick whiteboard situation and they ended up not even buying one because that might be your fault maybe josh harris had to fucking buy another philadelphia rivalry team 
So here we are with a team that we're not allowed to look at with players that don't want to be here. A new coach that has a bunch of ideas that God willing, there will be a season for him to implement some of them. And we're just looking around going, when are these two dickheads, which one of them is going to win? And it's absolutely mutually assured destruction where we are going to lose. We got an email from Tom, speaking of which, writes Sanchez at gmail.com. Spike, Mike, and CJ, after seeing the Harden video this morning, before I could take my morning piss, my early prediction is mutually assured destruction. This will get ugly. The Thanks. NBA will get involved and things are not going to be pretty. Ultimately, it will end with two things. One, we effectively end Harden's career, though you could argue he's doing this to himself. Two, Harden sends us into a rebuild in the 2024 offseason, Maury is fired and Joel requests a trade. What are your thoughts on this? There is a there is a chance, you know, uh, what's his, uh, uh, your own Weitzman wrote an article on this and he sort of said at the end, like, this could be a ship that they all go down in. Like, this could be, could end pretty bad <laughs> for everybody. Like this situation could be pretty bad. As bad as the Ben Simmons one, this one could be worse. Everybody's yeah, a year old. Because at least Embiid hated Simmons. Yes. I don't think he hates Harden at all, actually. I don't think so either. But he also doesn't hate Maury. So yeah. who knows if Embiid gets caught up in this and then goes anti-Daryl and then says, fire Maury or I, I want to trade. I don't know if that's going to happen. Who knows? It just could get worse. It's hard to imagine all the time that it could get worse, but the Sixers find a way. Um, if if they had a bunch of picks they don't. and young guys that you could really believe in outside of just Maxi, they don't. Then you could go like, all right, this error is not going to work. Let's get out. Let's trade everybody for what we can get out before it happens, before it's like worse value or whatever. Then maybe you do that. But like they're already so far behind every other team that's rebuilding. And Joel's still in his prime and he's just coming off his MVP season. It is worth Joel and Maxi continuing to try to do this. You just got to get fuck. And they have a coach that's somewhat creative and wants to be here for some goddamn reason. And my alarm is going off to tell me to take out the trash. And you just got to get Harden out of there for something of value. I don't think it has to be Harden's Norm gonna Powell play along, man. and a fucking to-go sandwich from fucking Jelena in Venice. But I think that it could be something a little bit less than Daryl would like. Taking a little bit less of a kind of player that he doesn't necessarily believe in, but with the improvement of Maxi taking a, another big leap and the coaching staff, something could change and be different and then you figure it out in a season anyway but Harden cannot be here just go fucking get DeMar DeRozan just go get him just I, Harden for DeRozan just do it but remember and fucking end all this shit this Harden's gotta play along he's gotta say that he's gotta go to another team and Chicago's so fucking cheap anyway but by the way I think they C might I don't know CJ could you play the video of Brian Windhorst this is on Hoop Collective Chicago this got rid of Jimmy because he was too I mean, he was too intense. Harden's not that intense, at least. Maybe that's better. Doesn't really want to win that bad. Here is, we're not aggregating this. We're just, we're playing it. 
Is that aggregating it? No. Here's here's Brian Windhorst on this situation. I just know that Daryl Morey plays games and he wins negotiations. He routinely throughout his career has won negotiations. And that doesn't mean that he doesn't lost them. Doesn't mean that's what's going to happen here. But Daryl Morey plays games. Um, and I would say ended what trade talks? What was act? I don't think they were active. I don't think there's any active trade talks in the NBA right now. Certainly not active for Dame Lillard. And I don't think there's anything active for James Harden. Yeah. I mean, there is nothing going on and there's no reason if you're the Clippers, if you're going to break to break now, you know what I mean? Like we're still two months away from fucking the preseason. So for sure. And by the way, that's something that Harden should understand and his, his rookie agent should also understand. God, so fucking dumb. (laughs) It's not great. We got this. Hey, Scott, first time, long time. You know what? James just dropped the bomb of James Harden saying he would never play for, you know, Daryl Morey ever, doesn't trust the motherfucker. You know what? Fuck you, James Harden. You're a piece of shit. That's, that's pretty much it, man. You're a piece of shit. Just fuck off. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Fuck you. That's all I got to say. Non-basketball. Hey, listen, you just got a little mayonnaise, make a little sandwich. Just got a little mayonnaise, make a little sandwich. Fair. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm 90, you know this, like 96% of the time, I'm pro player. But like, yeah, fucking, this shit sucks, man. This shit sucks. Yeah. This shit blows. Yeah, this ain't. This this fucking this ain't about being like pro player. This, you're this not. Is, it's not like you're getting banished to like play on some shitty team. It's like, hey, you didn't get the money you wanted to get. I'm sorry that that happened, <laughs> but like you got catered to in a billion ways. You're still making 35 million. People around the league don't think you're as good as you think you are. If they did, you would be paid that level of money. Daryl's not spitefully holding on to you. Everybody just doesn't think you're as good as you think you are. And so if you want to prove everyone wrong, then go fucking play basketball and prove them wrong and actually win something, actually beat some teams in the goddamn playoffs and prove that you're willing to do that so that someone doesn't have to be Daryl is willing to give you close to the amount of years and money you feel like you deserve. But at age 34, mouthing off in some fucking other country at children there for a basketball camp about how you're having a dispute with your coworker in hopes that like you finally get what you want is extremely loser behavior. Just like the way that you've been a loser in the playoffs for years. And that's why nobody on the fucking team thought that they were going to win game seven because they saw how you were acting because you're one of the leaders of this fucking team. And you came out and you fucking no showed again. The book on you is the fucking thing that you did. You read the book and you're like, I'm going to do that again. And then I'm going to be upset that nobody wants to give me 
all the money and all the years that I feel like it is I deserve. You're not fucking 25. You're not 29. You're 34 years old. You're on a max. You're on a almost a max contract that you fucking opted into. Either fucking show up or don't show up. I thought there was a bug behind me, but it's a scratch on my computer. I got scared. There's not a bug. Either show up or fucking say other teams you want to go to. But or just lie. Like, say you're that not, you'll go to other teams and not go there. That's Call it. Call Daryl. That's it. Be a professional about this. Yes. And Daryl, like, take a fucking class on human interaction. <laughs> And how emotions work and whether or not people feel like they can perform their best in dog shit environments that they don't want to be in. I don't believe I have not seen aside from, I guess the coup of Harden opting into this $36 million deal. I have not seen Daryl as a Sixers GM constantly winning, pulling shit out of his ass and winning stuff. In, in trade negotiations, in free agency negotiations, in contracts. He's been fine. He's been absolutely fine. He's done reasonable things that, was, that were available to him at the time. There hasn't been any coup heists. Really, I'm sure there were probably a bunch of good moments, maybe bad yet, whatever the fuck, since he got hardened from Oklahoma City. And I know that you're like... Mr. Superstar, everybody, that's the that's how the league goes around, 100%. But like, I would if if Brian Windhorst, Finger Guns, Utah himself, thinks that you have this like magic touch that you just play games and you win them. Like, I would love to see that. I would love to see that more often because the Sixers have lost in the second round every year, and the roster is slow and old and unathletic. And this is the worst off season in forever. So I'd love to see it. If that's the reputation, I would love to see it. Like pull another thing out of your ass. I would love to see it because it hasn't quite worked yet. And what you pull out of your ass, I hope is not James Harden. Just pull something else out of your ass. We're out there. There aren't any other players from Houston in, in your, your ass. ass. Yeah. Your ass is empty. They have to be gone from your ass at this point. Shake it around yeah. a little bit. Eric Gordon's not going to fall out of your ass. No. That's it. Clint Capella. You know, every once in a while, I go back and forth. I was very upset about the video midway through this podcast. And now I'm thinking about it and laughing again at James Harden eviscerating Daryl Morey in front of a bunch of Chinese kids. In yeah. China at a camp. Yeah. And then going into an arena riding a scooter with a helmet on. He's such a ridiculous motherfucker. Yeah. Oh my God. This is not gonna end bad. This is not gonna end well. I did I did want to end this on a good note for you. Where do you think this what do you have a prediction as to how this ends? Yeah, he's gonna play for the Sixers and then it's going to be uneven and gross, and they're going to trade him at the deadline. I don't think so. I hope not. Can I? I, I often give predictions, and then you give yours. I often give predictions with a lot of, I believe this, I believe this. I don't know. This, I'm guessing 
I think he'll definitely be in camp, but I think if I if I had to lay down a bet, that's what I would lay my bet down on. What do you think? I could see him coming this extending into camp and him showing up and just him like riding the stationary bike mm-hmm. and not talking to anybody. But I don't think that stationary bike thing sounds unbelievable. Slowly riding it, yeah. not riding it hard. Okay. Um, although I did see. Yeah. In West Hollywood one time I did see Harden going into a soul cycle class while I was having coffee. <laughs> um this was many years ago before he was in the Sixers. Okay. Um I I'm just I can't see it. I can't see him playing for the Sixers and I can't see Daryl just simply trading him to the Clippers for whatever dog shit they are willing to kick our way. Yeah. So I, I keep having to assume whether it's the same two players that I keep naming or some other team out of the blue. There's not that many, there's not that many GMs that are willing to go like that of teams that think they have a chance at at least making some noise in the playoffs. Cause if you don't have a chance at making some noise in the playoffs, like why are you going and getting an expiring James Harden that are, are willing to take a chance on such a ornery piece of shit. Um, that don't already have him playing that position, really, that also have something to offer to us that would satisfy Daryl in a trade. I so I really don't know, and I don't know what the what cap space savior the Sixers are thinking is going to make all this better. You know, a year from now, it's 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 bad. This is not <laughs> be, good. I like. I would love to know what everybody's best case scenario is in this. I would love to know if somebody gets fired or like, even if like Elton goes like, I quit, I'm going to go somewhere else. Like that'd be interesting. But like, this is, it's, it's gone wrong guys. It's all gone wrong. There's shit in the fridge and someone should clean it up. Daryl invited the shit fridge guy again. Motherfucker. Every time we have a party and we invite Daryl, his fucking shit fridge guy comes and he hangs out for two years and then he shits in the fridge. Yeah. Motherfucker. But he's really, I think he's, I think he's pretty close to learning what accountability is. I think he's getting there. (laughs) You see the Kyrie tweet? Yes. That's that's bleak too, man. Yeah. He's holding Daryl accountable. Uh, By the way, like, isn't the reason that Harden left Brooklyn because he's fucking sick of Kyrie Irving on some level? Like, yeah. wasn't that part of it? God, Kyrie. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not what holding someone accountable is. Yeah. That's just fundamentally not what it is. You hold someone accountable when you go like, hey, I, you know, care about you and want you, we have, we have a mission together to do this thing. And it's about holding ourselves accountable to a, 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 a level of professionalism and hard work that eventually leads to something that will result in contention or something. Going to a youth camp in China and (laughs) yelling at kids that you're never going to, you think this, your former friend is a liar like that's not what holding someone accountable is. By the it way, just the, fundamentally isn't 
the tweet from Kyrie Irving says, so it was replying to Woj saying disgruntled Harden called 76ers Prez Mori, quote, a liar. Is he disgruntled, Adrian? Yes. Two question marks. Or is he holding Daryl Morey account two R's and Daryl spell it wrong? Is he holding Daryl Morey accountable for his dishonesty and lack of transparency throughout the contract negotiation process this summer? Or was no, there was no negotiation. Apparently, they were prepared to let him walk unless he opted in. Harden himself decided to opt in, maybe in a fit of frustration. But once you do that then fucking you lose the agency you have to determine where you go, man. If you really wanted to go somewhere else and it wasn't about the money, then you opt out and you sign a one-year prove-it deal somewhere, whatever the fuck you want. He didn't do that. It's on him for not doing that. How have we been doing this for so long? It keeps getting worse. If the Sixers ever win a championship with some amount of these guys here, let's just say it's either Maxi or Embiid. If one of them is still here for a Sixers championship, I will disintegrate. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think. I will be Gollum at the bottom of Mount Doom. I will, be, seems I will so- be burning alive and I will be s- smiling. And I will then die and it's, it would be okay. And nothing would matter anymore. It sort of reminds me, I ran two marathons, two marathons. And the first one was in Los Angeles and I had a very tough last six miles as people do tend to have. It was very bad. The last mile, I finished good. I ran the last mile, probably 10 minute mile, sailed through the last mile. As soon as I crossed the finish line, I could no longer lift my legs to get up on the curb. I could barely walk. I had blisters all over my feet. My legs were so sore. If we were to win a championship, that's what will happen. The, the, the Hubie Brown-like inertia that we have right now, <laughs> barreling forward, it will end and we will die. Speaking of which, you'll enjoy. Hi, Katie from New Jersey here. Totally with Mike on this one. Hubie Brown is the worst. If I have to hear him say, in the painted area again, I'm going to lose it. And you know what? We're going to hear it again until the end of time. And it's terrible. The only Hubie Brown support you got. I mean, it's not Hubie, really Hubie specific. It's just... I. He's so fucking old. <laughs> we should be okay. We should allow as a society for people to go away. And it's okay if they go away. They don't have to be televised until their death. As a farewell, CJ, could you just one more time put up the original James Harden video? Just in case anybody missed it. <laughs> He's in China at a camp. Now, I don't know if you saw, he was balling against the the kids. I didn't see it. Yeah. He took up a little page from the B-Ball Paul book and the off season just beat the shit out of kids. But here is uh, one last time, James Harden speaking to the children in China, looking sort of like an NPC. Doesn't it, this image right here look like it's like digitally created? Yeah, for sure. A little bit. Okay. 
is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that hates Puerto Ricans. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that hates Puerto Ricans. You know, he sort of did that like the first time that you tell the person that you're dating that you love them and you've been thinking about it like all day and you just blurt it out like it's sort of a weird time. <laughs> this is the most inappropriate place and time to do this and repeating it to make sure that everybody got it. We are fucking loser. In the middle. We are the children of loser. We're the children of a divorce between like our adopted parents after we've been in going from like foster home to foster home like we are so fucked i just want to go back to the orphanage honestly yeah at least we had friends there yeah did you we we got a uh a dm about uh being able to help um in regard to the strike so essentially somebody asked hey is there a way we can sort support Mike during the writer strike, et cetera, et cetera. And you uh, pointed out the entertainment community fund is a good yeah. place to donate. Yeah. For people that are like, you know, support staff and people yep. that are having a tough time because we can't work. It's a hundred strike day, 105. Um, it we'll would be funny that. if Daryl did show up to the picket lines. It would be funny if Harden then did also <laughs> at a different studio. That would be funny. Um, but yeah, there's people that are having a tough time out there, obviously not being able to work. It's it's uh it's shitty for some folks. I'm doing okay for now, which is nice. Um well, you work people for a having a tough time on that because you know. the podcast is a billion dollars. That's right. Yeah. I should have mentioned that. Um uh, but honestly, like for a lot of people, like we're used to not having jobs for a long time. That's sort of like how the how the business has gone. So there's been a year many months where you just have to save money and you know play it tight and uh hold on for a little bit luckily i had a good run before the strike started so i was doing okay but um what a lot of people are used to it but other people that have been unemployed for a while going into the strike because of how the industry has gotten you know shrunk and clamped and squeezed and all that good stuff are having a tough time so if you feel compelled to donate to the entertainment community fund, help out some folks. That would be cool. Um, there's also um, like a, some like WGA auction type type things. I think like uh, Nick Offerman is building a chair for someone for charity. Like there's, a, there's kind of like cool, like WGA like, garage sale. Yeah. Something like that. There's some cool shit on there. I would love it if some of them ended up at Briggs auction. <laughs> Um, so we can sponsor it on the podcast, but, uh, there's some cool shit there that from various shows and movies and actors and writers and stuff of, that you might like and be interested in and proceeds oh, go to man. help out some folks. There's cool shit here. Man. Yeah. Cool stuff. It's not Briggs, but I fucking love auction. All right. Yeah. Anyway, well, we'll talk to you next time. I'm sure something fucking dumb will happen between now and then. Yeah. These fucking morons, this fucking loser fucking guard why is he on the team making us look dumb we celebrate everything and just every time we fucking celebrate something it kicks us right in the dick harder than the time that we celebrated for the most part i just really want to talk about basketball i like basketball i have a league game tonight spike press the button um so we'll see how i play hold on
When I play like this, I don't play like that. When I play, I'm pretty intense. Mike playing basketball. Mike playing basketball. I'm in my prime. Honestly, sign me. We'll so, see how that goes. We'll see okay. if the hardened news impacts how I handle the ball tonight. We'll see if I move off ball. Maybe I just stand still. Uh, we'll see. If you don't fuck with time. me, good luck. It's always a weird time. Ten then years. I won't yep. with you. Just keeps getting weirder. We'll if talk you to you next time. Me, Are you done with TTP? Yeah. You know. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me. Then I, 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 I,